24 hours a day on The Way. 101.1. Current events. Personal values. Political and social issues. Technology. Wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. With invasions comes instability, and with wars comes crisis, and it all adds up to change in every aspect of life as we know it. Yet God tells us why, and why it's all part of the Signs of the Times, our weekly review of Bible prophecy in the world's news for Friday, March 18th, 2022. This is Podcast 207 and is available through most popular podcasting sources, or just go right to the source at thewaymedia.net to listen, share, subscribe, ask questions, or read the articles we discuss. And now, here to show us how the Bible explains the news, it's Pastor Mark, who once had a debate with a flat earther, who told him he'd walk to the edge of the earth to prove him wrong, but he eventually came around. <laughs> no? No, I mean, yeah, but it's like, I no, mean, it's, you need you need crowd noise. We need somebody else to, yeah. You know, is, you got you know, help yourself. I, I don't, uh, Hit yeah, the crowd noise yeah, I don't, button. I don't have that. Yeah. Well, you want to know what? I do have small applause here. So there we'll, you go. See that? That gives you. It's some a backing. smattering of applause. It is. You don't, you don't want I don't silence. Ever, yes. Silence after the joke. That's not what you I know. want. You want it, that? Well, I was hoping that you would provide the well, crowd noise. But you had smilence. Yes. I smiled, but I didn't say anything. So it's kind of an encouragement, but not really super funny. That is a, that's a new word there you go. to the lexicon. I create them all the time. Okay, yes. prophecy peeps. That's enough that's right. jocularity there for today's there program. Uh, we've, got, we've got a lot of articles to get to, and they're all good. But first, we have to get to our listener questions. Um, this uh, questions come from the same person. We've had lots of technical problems today, so I was not able to print out the question that's probably going to show up on everyone's screen. But essentially, this has to do with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. And people are wanting to know if he is on our collective prophetic radar as the Antichrist. And some people are listing the reasons why. Uh, I'll just kind of add these in here. Um, uh, he, he's appeared on the scene as the hero, role-fighting next to his countrymen. He's well-spoken and well-liked. He's also Jewish. Um, anyway. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Now, again, I know when people want this, there's a legitimate question in looking at things like this. But first of all, just a base reminder for all of our believers. And don't worry, I know where you're coming from when I say this. So this is not a a rebuke from Mark or correction. But we're not really to be looking for the Antichrist. We're to be looking for the Christ. He's the one to be looking for. So as long as we make sure our focus is in the right place, which I'm sure our listeners and our listener questions are... Um, it's it's interesting to look at. Is there you know these kind of questions come up? Could this man be the one? Is he the one that we're looking for or whatever? Uh, my fast answer, and then I'm going to talk about it for a moment, is I do not believe that he is a candidate for the Antichrist. Um, we can all be deceived. We can be tricked and find out later suddenly something changes. But I'll give you some of the reasons that I I don't really believe that he will will be. Um, you know, number one, he, he is going to be a man of intrigue. He's going to be a man of answers. Um, he's going to be the whole world is going to fawn after this guy is the greatest thing, you know, ever. And let me just say this. People are intrigued with Zelensky. They do think he's, you know, I don't know about a man of answers. There's no real answers. He's just saying, help me. And I'm bold. Um, and you can say, well, it hadn't happened yet because this hadn't been transferred over this kind of thing. But remember the whole world is going to follow this guy. Uh, as an example or whatever, so to speak, at least at this point, you don't see that. You see people looking at him. I think Greg, the world, there's a vacuum for leadership. Oh, absolutely. And the world's yes. going, can anybody be brave? Can anybody lead? Hey, that guy's brave. Hey, he'll lead. You know what? I'll follow you or whatever. Let's stand behind him. Let's support him. 
Um, but I, there's a lot of things, you know, uh, that I don't really think line up. And first of all, let me say this. I, my theory about his age is not biblical. So I want to say this. My theory about the Antichrist age when he comes on the scene is not biblical. Some of you are saying, what is your theory? I'll tell you my theory and why I believe it, which, if I'm correct, would kind of nullify Zelensky. But, again, this is not Bible, so I could be totally wrong. And, again, it wouldn't matter because I think we'll be out of here by the time it's revealed. You know, we were talking before the show. I don't think anybody's going to know who he is till we're gone. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess I would argue that your position is biblical from the sense of taking in the totality of Scripture as it explains to us the modus operandi so to speak, yeah. of Satan. Yeah, I would say it's a good, educated, it's scriptural a good, guess. It, 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 yeah, but I wouldn't say that it's not... Well, here's what I mean. I mean. It's not in Scripture. Right, that's what I mean. When yeah, I say okay. non-biblical, uh, thanks for clarifying that, unless there's confusion. What I'm saying is, you're not going to turn to the Bible, and the Bible say, the Antichrist will be 30 years old when he comes on the scene. Now, I just gave you my theory. Because some people have asked me, Mark, why do you think he's going to be 30? And I've answered it before, but I want to do it again now, because it's appropriate talking about the Antichrist. I believe, personally... When the Antichrist comes on the scene, he'll be 30 years old. Now, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't say the Antichrist will be 30. So do not quote me in saying the Scripture says, <laughs> realize this is just Mark, That's okay? Yes. And so, but the reason I believe that, and this is where the educated scriptural guess that Greg just talked about comes in for our listeners, and that is, when you look at what Satan's going to do with the Antichrist, he, he, he mocks almost to a T, and maybe to a T, everything that the Lord did when he came. He's trying to replace the Messiah. The word Antichrist, a lot of people think it instead means... Instead of. Yeah, a lot of people think it means against. Yeah, no. It really means instead of. And so it's it's like a replacement. Yeah. So when you look at the Antichrist throughout the Re- Revelation and the book of Daniel and all that, you're going to find that what he does is he, try, he tries to become... He presents himself as God. He's going to say at some point that he's God. He's going to present himself as the Savior of the world. He's coming to rescue everyone. He's going to ride out on a white horse when the first seal's opened, conquering and to conquer, showing that he's this power and he's the one to follow. And he just goes right down on even the Trinity. He does an unholy Trinity where you have the Satan and the Antichrist and the false prophet. You have Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You've got anti-Father, anti-Son, anti-Holy Spirit by him. So there's so many parallels all through the Bible. So when you come to this, even even the even the mark, even the, even the mark the of the mark, beast, the Lord marks us with His seal. The Bible says He's going to put a mark on us, etc. And Greg, even to the point of death and resurrection, we know that it's a fake death and resurrection. But the Antichrist, it would appear, is going to apparently die and resurrect from the dead. Now we know Satan cannot produce life, so there's some deception going on there. He can't do what only Jesus Christ right. did. But yeah. the world's going to believe it. Yes, the world's going to believe He died and resurrected. Now, so. With all that said, and you look at all the things, scriptural, educated guess, Jesus came on the scene at 30 years old. And in order to complete that instead of Christ, the replacement of Jesus, my theory, again, which I think has biblical, as you said, educational, whatever behind it, but you can't point to a scripture because it isn't there. I believe the Antichrist will come on the scene at 30 years old. So those of you out there that are saying, I wonder who the Antichrist is, you need to be looking at some guy in his upper 20s, I think. Um, you probably probably won't find him. We're going to talk in a moment about the World Economic Forum, but I do believe he's involved. I think he's behind the scenes maybe as a clerk, maybe as an assistant. He wears a, probably a suit and a tie and a sharp guy, and everybody's listening. He probably has some great ideas at these little World Economic Forum meetings behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Because the Bible says when he comes on the scene, he's going to have sinister schemes. And I think one of the greatest sinister schemes we've seen in world history has been this whole the COVID vaccines and all that went with that as far as getting the whole world to go along without proper testing and all that. I'm not going to get sidetracked by that, but simply saying, how do you get everybody in the world to do something together and all just lay down their freedoms and follow along? That takes a sinister scheme. Right. And I think we've seen a sinister scheme here could it be that in one of those world economic forum meetings could it be as an assistant to klaus schwab who leads the world economic forum he's this guy that leads it and they're they're the leading world organization right now that influences the world um they come together and talk about what's going to happen in the future for the world they have greater influence now than the un by far as a matter of fact klaus schwab who's the leader of the world economic forum brags that that he has his students that have gone through his school and been trained by him in al- almost every government in the world today. And he's got major leaders all over America, in America's government. Even Zelensky himself went through Klaus Schwab's school. Many people don't know that. Uh, Governor Newsom went through Klaus Schwab's school. Uh-huh. Uh, John, John Kerry went through Klaus Schwab's school. Makes sense. Okay, so yes. there's so many people that did. Now, that doesn't, so the point is, it's an evil organization. Yeah. It is definitely led by Satan. Yeah. And, and these guys are all involved in it. So, with that said, 
I'm, could he, could it be an assistant to Klaus Schwab? Could it be a confidant? Could it be a friend? Could it be whatever? But I believe he's somebody that's super, super sharp. And the reason I believe upper 20s, I think we're that close to the rapture of the church. I would say anybody, anywhere between 25 and 30 in that range. And not that you should go looking for the Antichrist, right. but I mean, that's really the, the mold I believe we should be looking. If we're looking, that's where we need to be looking. Well, let's circle back to the Bible, Pastor Mark, because you mentioned rapture. And we're talking about the rapture and the Antichrist, and to, not to necessarily put you on the spot, but this question is coming to my mind, that the Bible indicates, and where does the Bible indicate, that the church will, or us as Christians, right. will not know who the Antichrist is. Yeah, well, and, and I, I, again, you'd call me on the spot, I know the scripture, Sorry. but I'm, no, that's all right, I think it's in Thessalonians <laughs> where it says that he will not be revealed until he that is it's first Thessalonians, I think I'll look at it real quick okay. here. But it says that he will not be he will not be revealed until he who restrains yeah. is taken out of the way. Yeah. He who restrains. There is no restrainer but God. So right. the Holy Spirit is restraining the revealing of the Antichrist, and when it's time for the Antichrist to be revealed, then he'll be revealed. Okay. Well when you're messing with that, I'll I'll yes. just interject my own theory about this, and this is not necessarily scriptural in the sense of that this is it's going to happen like this but when you take in all of bible prophecy i don't see how god is going to allow the antichrist to step on the world stage in any form even though he 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 when he first steps on the stage he's not stepping on as the one world leader yeah but he'll be very close to that point because it says the little horn is going to rise up out yeah. of nowhere and, yeah. and strike down three. It's going to happen quick. I agree. Let's, let's put it this I way. Agree. But that what that means is that indicates to us that there's already a one world government in place because right. the ten horns represent the ten nations or ten regions right. of the the new world order or that yeah, one world exactly. government. Exactly. And. And furthermore, he's going to be a man of intrigue, swift of speech. He's going to have all the answers. He's going to bring a peace treaty. But the peace treaty, there's no peace treaty to be brung until Ezekiel 38 and 39 happen. That's God right. is not going to allow that prophetic fulfillment to be thwarted because there's so many things that's tied to Ezekiel 38 and 39. And so in terms of a linear approach to Bible prophecy, I don't see how he comes on the scene before Ezekiel happens. Now, where the rapture lies in all of that is a prophetic wild card. Right. The Bible doesn't tell us. Isaiah 17.1, another prophetic wild card. Bible doesn't tell us where it drops. We're, we're only just guessing at that point. Right, the but destruction we, of Damascus. But we do know when he's revealed as the Antichrist, the rapture will have already taken place. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, and you brought us some two two major themes here, Greg, that really play into what I'll be looking at. Well, number one, and that is, is that he's going to come on the scene and rise super fast. When he shows up, it's, yeah. it refers to him as a little horn that just goes boom. boom. Just, suddenly he's over there at the top of the world. He yanks three world leaders down, and man, everybody's looking at this guy saying, you are the savior. You're the man. You're the man. You're the guy, okay? And then the next thing is, he will make this treaty with the nation of Israel. That really starts the clock. Sometime they're going to be right there together. And that starts the time clock. And by the way, I don't think there's going to be that treaty until as you said ezekiel 38 and 39 the russian invasion war which could happen at any time i believe the world is is forming right now with all this going on with russia and china we're getting ready to have this 10 nation conglomerate that's going to come out of some of this it might come boom just out of all this having to deal with these guys he rises up immediately he takes over he goes and makes a treaty with the nation of israel and so again uh, uh, the verse real quick yeah yes yeah let's stay focused second thessalonians 2 7 for the and and eight uh it says uh, no, at seven, actually. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, and he'll be a, a lawless yeah, one. We'll already. talk about that. Yeah. It says, only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. And it's, the, con- the context is here to the Antichrist. What he's saying is, the one restraining the Antichrist is going to keep restraining him until he stops restraining him. Now, that's a lot of restraints, but you get the point. Nobody can restrain the Antichrist but God. So God says, my Holy Spirit is restraining the revealing, the moving forward, whoever this guy is. Then when I remove that restraint, he's going to come on the scene. He will rise super fast. He'll be in position. Uh, he'll make a treaty with the nation of Israel. That will start the time clock for the final seven years. Uh, you know, uh, and and the, that whole process gets going there. Now, I, I don't know if we can say Putin is maybe part of the beast. Right. Uh, but what I find interesting, and it's that's not in our stack, but I know that our listeners, our viewers are watching the news, and you can see now a lot of uh, companies, uh, you know, Pepsi, Coke, McDonald's, 
Yum Foods, kind of in that service industry for food and beverage. Uh, uh, Starbucks have now shut down their operations in Russia. Um, this, the, what's how the world is responding through sanctions, whether they're governmental or they're from the private sector, corporate, yeah, corporate is is having an effect on Russia. Yeah. Now, now, this is going to probably continue to enrage Putin. Yep. Does that mean that there won't be some sort of peace treaty or stoppage? We don't know. But if all of that happens and Israel can somehow ramp up the um, energy supplies to Europe, yeah, it's it's just going to be hooks in the jaw Absolutely. to bring Russia down to take over that because, no, I'm going to control yeah. the oil and you know the Absolutely. energy because they they need that. And so, anyway... There you go. No, that's great. That's great, Greg. I mean, and let me give just some highlights. I don't want to take too long on this, but here's some highlights on the Antichrist for those yes. of you that are wondering about, you know, again, I don't think we should necessarily spend a lot of time searching for the Antichrist. As I said, our focus needs to be on the Christ. However, yeah. God does tell us things about him, and that means it's okay to do some homework and think, hey, what's this guy going to be like? And yeah. here it is. Uh, characteristics. Again, this is a lot of these are in Second Thessalonians. I'll give you Second Thessalonians 2, 3, 8, and 9, and then Daniel 7 and Revelation 13. All these can be found in 2 Thessalonians or Daniel 7 or Revelation 13. For those of you who want to go read these chapters later, it says he will be a man of sin. Okay, we all are, but a, a very magnified. Yeah, yeah. He will be lawless, which means forget, forget the word of He's God. He's going to do what he wants He'll to do. He'll do what he yeah. wants in, among man, but also yeah. the word of God, I think, comes to, into play there. Uh, he will work wonders and miracles. He and the false prophet as well. Um the entire world, he'll deceive the entire world into following him, uh, including all religions. So that's why, again, you don't see that kind of charisma and that kind of influence with Zelensky, for example. This guy's going to somehow have a tie to the religious world that, that tricks people as well. Um, Revelation 13, 7 says he'll persecute those that are saved after the rapture. We will, of course, won't know that till later. Uh, he's very charismatic. Seems to have all the answers to the world's problems. He'll have a power from Satan. He will again mock the resurrection in the sense of seemingly dying and resurrect and etc. So these are some of the things that you can look at. You know, the unholy trinity will be involved. He'll have somebody there helping him, like this other spiritual leader that's pointing to him as this great world leader, etc. So there's some basic things about who the Antichrist is as far as that goes. And there are some things to find there. But Greg... With that said about Zelensky, I personally do not believe he's a candidate, but I want to get back to this Klaus Schwab thing and the World Economic Forum because I do believe this is going to have an influence in possibly the 10-nation conglomerate and definitely the world leaders and leadership in the last days. And like I said, it might be that the Antichrist is ensconced right in with these guys, and nobody knows. He doesn't even know yet. But Satan's going to give him that power, and he's no doubt he's very prideful, has great ambition, but he's looking at all of it thinking whatever. But I do want to bring one guy up I want you to keep your eye on, not as an Antichrist candidate, because he's not 30. He's much older, not much older, but I think he's probably in his 40s by looking at him. I don't know his, his exact age. Um, but there's a guy, interesting, uh, by the name of, he's an Israeli that is kind of a, uh, he has Klaus Schwab's ear. Klaus Schwab, again, leads the entire world economic forum. Everybody, everybody looks to him as the great leader, the innovator, bringing the world together and all these issues. And, um, and he's an Israeli uh, professor from the Hebrew University. His name is Yuval Noah Harari. Yuval Noah Harari. And if you go to his webpage... Um, he has, um, right when you open it up, what's, what's the website? Well, you know, it just go look up. You've all know Harari and it's, oh, okay. it pops up, click on it. That goes. So I don't know the exact reading, but that's what it says. Just type in his name. You've all Y U V A L Noah N O A H Harari H A R A I. Um, and so, uh, the spelling may be wrong on the Harari, but if you look up, you've all know what you'll get it. I could jump to it real quick, but I want to read this quote. Yes. If you go to his website, the first thing that pops up on his website is this. He says, history began when humans invented gods and will end when humans become gods. Boy, that sounds straight from the garden. That's, that is the voice of Satan. Now, this is <laughs> what's sad to me is it's an Israeli who should know better because these are the people of God, but how sad, how far they fall and it shows you where they are. But yeah. now, here's the thing. He's an Israeli who's saying that we can be gods. He's a very strong evolutionist, and he believes that we're ready to leap to the next level of evolution. And, Greg, they refer to it as saying the elites are now ready mm. to advance to the next level, which means those that are not elite, what, is, what does evolution teach? teach? Survival of the fittest. That means those that aren't fittest, what can happen to them? They can just die. And they literally are, are saying we need to now, as elites, move forward, let the rest of the world die out, kind of disappear, 
We need to move forward. That's the mindset of this whole elitism in the World Economic Forum. Maybe not a direct quote from uh, Yuval Noah, but but either way. And so he, he says this. At 2020 World Economic Forum, I was watching some of the video right before the show. Here's a quote he said. He said, humans are now hackable animals, and we now have the ability to hack them for the first time in history. Mm. Now, what happened? Why do we have the ability to hack people, and why can we hack them? Is this going to be maybe when the mark is given? Or is there something they can already do that they don't need the mark for? Uh, we don't know. But he, he's bragging that they can now go in and hack people and make people into what they want. This next level transhumanism, uh, you know, part person, part whatever. But it's the next move to, to where, Greg, we're becoming gods. Yeah. This is the voice of Satan. That's the voice of you Satan. You can become gods. Yeah. That's the goal of the World Economic Forum. Wow. Let all these crazy Christians and people that believe the Bible, they let them all die out because they still believe in this fake inventing God. Yeah. But we're going to move on and become gods ourselves. That is who is a main influence. He speaks at the World Economic Forum. He's a main influence uh, to uh, Klaus Schwab. And that's the kind of guy that I'm saying, I don't, I don't believe he's the Antichrist. Right. But if you're looking for the Antichrist, this is the kind of guy you're looking for. Um, one, of, one of our uh, listeners just uh, uh, sent me a text on the secret text line and gave me the official website for Yuval Noah Harari. There you go. There you go. It is Y-N-H-A-R-A-R-I.com. There you go. So there, there you, go. you go. You can check it out. This guy is scary, uh, creepy. Um, he believes in the elites, people moving up to a whole new level. Again, remember, evolution teaches that those that are the fittest, those that are the smartest, those that are the greatest, they move on and everybody else can just die out because it's a natural process. That's why they don't care about human life. That's why they don't care about babies and those that are weak and those that are hurting, whereas God created all mankind and cares about the weak and the hurting. Matter I fact, bet you they never took the vaccine either. But again, I, I kind of think probably you're right about that. I mean, I, there's all kinds of things going on here, Greg, that you know we've talked about in past yeah. programs and things that are happening, and we'll get into some other issues going on yes. with the shots in, again in the program. Yeah, but, we will. But I thought this was good to bring up that in is. a lot of what's happening with the Antichrist, and you know, don't get too overly concerned about who the Antichrist is, because you can chase that around forever, be looking for Jesus, uh, realize that when this guy, when it happens, it's going to be the, the Holy Spirit will be moved out of the way. He's going to quickly rise to the top. Sometime right around there is the battle with Russia coming in. This all could happen right around the same time. And then this whole world system just kicks into gear. And that's when you're going to, but by then I believe we're out of here. And so I personally believe we'll probably never know who the Antichrist is and we're going to be in the kingdom and we'll see him from there. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, uh, we appreciate those questions as always. Uh, and if you've got a question like those folks did today, because we had several reach out to us, we encourage you to go to thewaymedia.net. You can click on Signs of the Times, and then you can ask us your prophecy question. Or even if you've just got a regular Bible question, we love those as well. All right, let's uh, go to Israel for the time yes. that we've got left here in this first half. And uh, this is from Israel 365 News. Because of Ukraine... Israel no longer sees the U.S. as a reliable ally yeah. in a potential war against Iran. My, 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 how yeah. prophetic. Yeah, and we may pull another one right in after this out of order, Greg. I just thought, but Knesset member and former health minister Yuli Edelstein um, is the latest voice from the Israeli establishment admitting that Washington can no longer be relied upon in case of war with Iran. Uh, look, look, we're losing our status. We're losing our trustworthiness, Greg, in the world because we've proven we're non-trustworthy. At the beginning, uh, at the Begin, sorry, symposium kickoff um, event in Jerusalem on Sunday, Edelstein said, and I quote, when it comes to Israel's security, the country can only rely on itself. Prime Minister Naftali Bennett was slightly more subtle in the interview with the Jerusalem Post last month, again, doing the political thing. In response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine and Biden's inaction, he said, we will protect ourselves by ourselves. And Greg, you know, you might want to, uh, it might be good to jump straight into number four on the articles there, because it really ties right into this. We're losing confidence in the world's eyes. The world does not see us as reliable. And now we're losing again, the Jewish Israeli support, but it's not just the Jewish Israeli support we're losing. Uh, there are other people looking at us saying, you know what? We can't trust these guys. I don't know that I want to put my trust in them. It just shows the downfall of America. Okay. Well, this is also from Israel 365 News. So, Abby, this is out of sync. So hopefully she can get that she can thrown up. She great. can do that. Uh, this is article number four. As Biden shows indifference toward Ukraine, journalists in the Arab world no longer see the United States as a reliable ally as well. You see the theme here. Again, the theme, yes. As a result of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, various articles in the Arab press... Not 
not just Jewish, are calling for Arab states to draw lessons from the war and act to improve their deterrence capabilities so as not to face the fate of Ukraine. And I quote, would Russia have treated Ukraine this way if Ukraine had been a member of the European Union? Of course not, he said. Others wrote, according to uh, uh, MEMRI, that's a, a news source there in the Arab world, uh, that the West could not be relied upon to deal with the Iran threat. And so uh, just to realize here that, um, you know, this is a we're losing face in the world with the Jewish community, with the Arab community. And, Greg, I would say with most every community. And by the way, I'll add this. I believe we're watching at a more rapid pace the decline of America. I don't rejoice in saying that. I love our nation. I'm thankful for our nation. It's it's still at this point the freest nation in the world, the most blessed nation in the world, although we don't deserve it anymore because of our rebellion to God. But the reality is... um, the Bible says in Acts chapter 17, when, you know, when Paul was speaking of Mars Hill and those guys there, he said, you know what? God has appointed nations, their boundaries and their seasons, their times, their appointed times is the way he said it. What that means is America was given our boundaries and America was given an, an appointed time that we could survive. As long as we obey God, we survive. We disobey God. He'll remove us just like he did the Canaanites. Nobody's beyond that. God even removed his own people, the, the nation of Israel, multiple times because of what they did. He removed them 2,000 years ago and just now brought them back. So God chastises those that rebel against him. And I believe seeing what's happening in the eyes of the world with the Jews, eyes of all the Arabs, I think it's more than that. I think it's yeah. everywhere. I mean, Russia certainly doesn't, doesn't look to us. China certainly doesn't. Uh, I doubt that Ukraine does because they're saying do more and we're not doing more. So Pretty much America, We're sending them a stimulus check. We, we are really pretty much kind of dead in the water and, and and declining rapidly. I do not say that in any kind of rejoicing heart. I say that no. in a grieving heart, and maybe God will send revival, but we're in trouble. No, and, and at this point, let's speak to the patriot out there um, that's maybe listening to this and, you know, is grieved. Yeah. Uh, understandably so over right. the condition of our nation and the condition of our nation and how we're responding to atrocities around the world. You know, remember in World War II, America, for the most part, collectively sat on its hands uh, during Hitler's invasion and Hitler's takeover of Europe. Absolutely. And it wasn't until we were bombed to our knees right. in Pearl Harbor. That's right. That America really got up yeah. and took action. Right. I don't. I don't think, and I'm not saying that to say that something bad is going to happen to us. What I'm saying is is that I, I, I think in this respect is that what we're seeing right now in the leadership in this country is, while it's very unpatriotic and it's very grievous on many different levels, it's prophetic. Yeah. It's biblically prophetic. Yeah. For, for all the things happening in the world, you can see why... In order for prophecy to be fulfilled, America needs that type of leadership in place. Yeah. Would to God that we didn't have that type, yeah. and we had people that loved us, but that's where we're at. So we've always got to be looking at these things, even though they're painful at one level, you know, you know, horizontally, vertically, we've got to look at this prophetically yeah. and appreciate what's happening according to what God's word is going to happen. It doesn't make it any easier, but at least it puts it in the proper perspective for us to digest it. Yeah, absolutely. And Greg, just to, again, to show you how weak uh, America is right now, listen what happened, and maybe our listeners know this, you're not hearing much about it on the news, but on Sunday morning, Iran sent 12 missiles into Ayn al-Assad Air Base, where Americans are in western Iraq. 12 missiles struck gigantic explosions and blew up. I don't, I don't know how many people were killed and what happened. They're not releasing all that, but here's the bottom line. What did America do? The greatest nation in the world? The mighty America? We did nothing. We took no retaliatory action, as far as I know. Well, and that's another reason why you're not hearing it. Yeah. Is because, well, is because if that made it to the front page of the news, then there would be more questions for this administration why we're not taking action but that's being hidden can you imagine if ronald or reagan suppressed. was can you imagine if ronald oh, reagan no. was in office and they attacked one of our bases in iraq what do you think what iran right now would be smoking and smoldering in certain areas and they'd be begging our forgiveness and by the way they bombed it at the exact same hour of the morning greg that um that president trump killed their commander um it, back oh. in 2020 it was a statement saying we're it, getting it was you a back statement. we did Nothing. We are weak, and the world knows it. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, all of these things are setting us up 
for Ezekiel 38 and 39. That is one of the prophecies that we should be looking for, and we as the church might be here for. Only the Lord knows, but we're going to talk about that, plus other prophecies as Signs of the Times continues. We'll be right back. WIAMLP 101.1 FM, Knoxville. For any partnership to succeed, the interested parties must communicate freely and honestly about finances. Hi, I'm Chuck Bentley with My Money Life from Crown. Today, Crown's founder, the late Larry Burkett, stresses that a marriage partnership is no exception. Now, let me say this, and I mean it with sincerity. If you're able to agree about everything, husband and wife, it's because one of you is lying. That's the only reason you'll ever agree about everything. One of you is willing to be weak and not speak up for what you believe to be the truth. Because if you are married, you are different. And if you're different, you're not going to agree about everything. And that's kind of the check and balance again. You must learn to communicate. Let me tell you one of the things I would recommend. Is that every husband and every wife talk about their finances. A day. Totally by yourself. To just decide, how do we feel about our children and their education? How do we feel about how much money we spend on our house? Or on our cars, or on our clothes, or on entertainment? And am I, Do I have a piece about it? Do I think it's too much or too little? Do we give enough? Do we give too much? Are we giving to the right places? To begin to talk about it. And you know what? Many couples have found that. In fact, I've had many, many husbands who have told me, you know, I never understood what an important asset God gave me because I never asked my wife what her opinion was. And come to find out, she really understood some things that I didn't have a grasp for, particularly about people. And especially sometimes about giving to needs because women in, in great part are very sensitive to needs around them. And they'll sense a need, but if they don't sense that their husband's willing to listen, she won't ever mention it. Well, if you and your spouse need a hand dealing with your finances, we're here to help. Contact us to connect with a financial coach. Just call us at 800-722-1976 or go online to crown.org. That's crown.org. A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor. Whatever you are fed is what you have an appetite for. That's why everyone has different favorite dishes here. You might have grown up with a different dish that was made for you, and that's your favorite. And so when you tell someone else, well, my favorite dish is such and such, you're like, oh, how could you like that? Well, you were fed it. And as you were fed it, you began to like it. And as you began to like it, you began to want it. It's the same spiritually. When you're fed God's word, you begin to like it. You begin to take it in. And when you begin to like God's word, you begin to love it. You begin to fall in love with the author. And it turns and you go, no, now I don't just love the word. I don't just like, I don't love, I want it. You can learn more at edtaylor.org. Grow deeper in your love relationship with Jesus by visiting edtaylor.org. This has been A Moment of Grace with Ed Taylor. Signs of the Times now continues. Here again is your host. Welcome back, everyone, to our weekly look at Bible prophecy in the world's news. These are the signs of the times for Friday, March 18th, 2022. This is episode 207. I'm Greg Hilt. Pastor Mark Kirk on the other side of the glass, ready and willing and able to explain the world's news in light of Bible prophecy. Hopefully. and Hopefully. <laughs> if, he is, if he is aptly prepared, yes, you, yes. Uh, we will know. What we can. What yes. we can say, we'll say. Yes. Okay. We talk about it all the time. Why? Because it's it's on our doorstep. Yep. Uh, so don't don't be weary about hearing Ezekiel thirty eight and thirty nine all the time. Because man, it's 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 just on the doorstep. It's a, it's a huge major prophetic event, and it looks like it's gaining steam. Only the Lord knows. Uh, but here you go from APNews.com. Russian footholds in the Middle East and Africa are now raising a threat to NATO, there and that go. makes sense because again, that Russian Iranian led army is not going to have any opposition from the world, including NATO. Yeah, but the key I want to focus on here is the word Africa. Africa. Russian President Vladimir Putin, invasion of Ukraine dominates world attention, but the less global scrutiny. Putin is also busy advancing Russia's presence in the Middle East and Africa. As we talked about, he's recruiting Syrian fighters. We don't have that article. We don't have that article, but but he is recruiting recruiting Syrian fighters. You can look that up. Our listeners can, which is interesting. Paying them money. Cash money. But notice this. 
He's increasing his in, his presence in the Middle East, and here's the word for this article, Africa. An expansion that military and civilian leaders view as uh, was another, if less immediate, threat to security in the West. I'll come back to that. Putin's strategy in the Mideast and Africa has been simple and successful. He seeks out security alliances with autocrats, coup leaders, and others who have been spurned by or neglected by the U.S. or Europe, either because of their bloody abuses or because of competing Western strategic interests. From Libya to Madagascar. Security contracts granted to Wagner Group and others give Russia access to mineral resources, staging grounds for deployments, and substantial footholds challenging Western nations' influence there. Now, Greg, I said, I said Africa is a key. Notice I said for those who are in Africa that are upset with America. Who is that? Libya and Sudan. We bombed Libya. We've been against Gaddafi. We did all that stuff. We're involved in all that. Sudan, they're extremely brutal and violent, so we've been fighting against them because they've been fighting against us. Who are two of the nations out of Africa that will be joining Russia when they come in to attack Israel? It is Libya, which is mentioned in the article. Sudan, which is not mentioned, but by proxy, I believe, saying others who have been spurned or neglected. So the reality is I wanted this article in here because it shows that Russia is now making the alliances that completes. And they already made these alliances to Sudan and uh, Libya. But now we have greater uh, evidence of them making those alliances, solidifying this majorly going to be more than five but mostly five nation-led invasion of israel and this article just accentuates how russia's working in that area and it's getting ready to take place so yeah. a little bit more than just russia moving on israel we're bringing in now the whole african aspect of it all right from reuters pastor mark we see that putin's gas is now flowing through russia's yamal europe pipeline but now it's turning eastward yeah, yeah, explain yeah. what the compass means well russia's going to let the gas flow to their friends and gonna turn it away from those who aren't now we're seeing the gas flows getting messed with by russia which means this the world's going to say wait a minute we've got to find gas somewhere else we've got to find oil somewhere else and this is where the heat turns up uh, without gas and oil on uh, maybe or because of gas and oil yeah. the heat turns up there in yes. russia listen to what it says a section of the russian yamal europe pipeline reversed flows a direction it's going uh with gas heading eastbound to poland from germany uh having flowed west earlier in the morning the pipeline is one of the major routes for russian gas supplies to europe with markets on the edge about possible disruptions to energy supplies following russia's uh, invasion of ukraine european gas prices rose on tuesday morning gas had previously here it is gas had previously been flowing toward germany Amid strong demand and high prices, now they've turned it away from Germany the other direction. Why? Because Germany came out and said, we're not going to help you. We're not supporting you. We're going to fight against you. We don't like this invasion, and we're not on your side, so we're not going to be with you. So, okay, you're right. Oh, okay. We're going to stop our flow of gas to you, Germany. Now we're going to turn it back the other way, and Germany's going, oh, now we don't have the... See what's happening here. Russia does have a certain level of power that the world can't permit to keep going on, Greg, because they can control Europe, especially in the winter. So now Germany's got to turn to someone else. Where are they going to get it? We don't know yet. But already we see that gas supply is changing. Once Russia begins to, to pull all these trump cards, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. The world's going to say, forget you, we're going this direction. And I think you're going to see at some point the world's going to have to turn back to oil and gas at least temporarily. Well, I know the green movement's underway. I know the whole environmental thing. But even one of the environmental leaders, Greg, an article today said, you know what? We're going to have to go back to oil and gas for a little while longer before we go green because we just can't do it yet. <laughs> what they're realizing is everything's going to shut down. Look, a battery yes. only lasts so long. I had to change batteries in one of the church clocks just a minute ago. Batteries only last so long. And if you don't have a charging station or coal or natural gas to make the power for those batteries... Uh, which it takes, you're in big trouble. You're going to need oil and gas. We just aren't technologically advanced enough to survive on solar power or battery power. I mean, it's nice for a car for 200 yeah. miles. or whatever. We're not there, Greg. Yeah. We're just not there. You know, per personal solar is one thing to power your house and things like that. And uh, th even, even that is, is limited because solar is an energy source. The photovoltaics are very inefficient. They yeah. only capture about 15 to 18% yeah. on average of the sun's capability. So yeah. anyway, all that to say, you know, we're just not as advanced as we would like to be to be that energy independent but we'll see if we well i think enough. i found out for our house i could put about if i put about a thousand up there on the roof it would go out about i figure a half an acre on each side that i'd have enough power to generate for our house and all but i thought that looked too awkward for the neighbors yeah well that's true but you can do that like a like a windmill from holland that's gives your house a certain, down certain flair yes
Solar. Solar flare. Oh, you know what? No, so that's not. That's a that dad. really. Yeah, that, that wasn't was, a dad joke. That was a bad joke. Yes. So there's two categories: dad joke, bad joke. Okay. And failed joke. Smilence. Smilence. Yes. <laughs> yes. We we need to add that to yes. the lexicon. Yes. Smilence. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm in I'm in utter smilence right now. Anyway. All right. Let's go. All right. Let's go. Uh, come back to America. Um, and this is really kind of the theme, really, for today's program is that when we see these things happening, there's changes, yeah. there's shifts because of all the things happening. And this is from The Blaze. A CNN host says the world is entering a quote-unquote post-American era under Biden, and you can see signs of this everywhere. Yeah, you really can. CNN, interesting, they brought it up. A CNN host, Fareed Zakaria, observed Sunday that under the leadership of President Joe Biden, the era of global American dominance is over. I have to say, really, with at least for where we are now, that's a true statement. I yes. that turn around, but again, I think it's signaling, Greg, a direction, a downhill direction. Yeah, that I'm I, not sure we can pull the nosedive up. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, the Wall Street Journal reported last week that leaders in Saudi Arabia and the United States Arab Emirates, I'm sorry, the United, not United States, but United Arab Emirates, declined calls With President Biden, as Russia's war in Ukraine intensified, can you imagine in American history any nation declining the call of the president of the United States? That's absolutely unheard of. America has has been the greatest power in the world. You don't answer my call, you're going to be in big trouble in lots of ways. They didn't answer the call. Again, just like Iran bombing Iraq on our base, there was no consequence. There will be no consequence. It just shows our weakness. According to Zakaria, Russia's war in Ukraine marks a new era of world history. And in particular highlights evidence of America's diminishing influence on the global stage. That's exactly right. And I quote, one of the defining features of the new era is that it is a post-American era. By that, I mean that the Pax Americana of the past three decades is over. Zakaria said, you can see the signs everywhere. I don't often agree with CNN, quite honestly, but Greg, I agree uh, with this particular uh, article, because I think you are seeing n- mm-hmm. not only the decline, but the weakness and the obvious inability and even the disrespect of our of the nations of the world around us. And um, and it's it's sad, but that's where we are. Now, again, let me remind our listeners, because you mentioned it earlier, those that are patriotic. It's not that we're not patriotic. We love our country. And if it doesn't mean you stop speaking the truth and fighting for your country and fighting for right. We, we do that till the end. But remember this, and I was reminded of this, again, Paul's sermon on Mars Hill. I've been looking at it the last few days, but I was reminded of this, and that is this. Paul said, for our citizenship is in heaven. Yes, we're American citizens. We have a passport that allows us to live in America. But really, if you read the fine print of our passport, of our spiritual passport, you know what it says, Greg? Kingdom of God. If they scan our passport, it says kingdom of God, because we are children of the kingdom. We're here to be good citizens. We're here to lead people to Christ. We're here to just do the best we can with what God has given us. But we are citizens of heaven, and we've got to keep that in mind. You know, this is a good time to to bring up something to put prophecy in a nutshell, because we're talking about a lot of things and in, in, in signs and wonders and whatever that the Bible says is going to be happening through all of these prophetic events. Right. But we can't lose sight of the fact that all of those signs and events and things and the Antichrist and the false prophet and all these all people, they're all instruments or tools for God's ultimate purpose in end times prophecy, and that's to bring to a conclusion his relationships. Yeah. That means his relationship with the nation of Israel. Right. That God promised he was going to finish dealing with them. That's right. God's relationship with his with his adopted kids through Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. the church. Yep. And his relationship with the world that has rejected his son. Yeah. So as we as we and, and really Christianity is is global, but I'm speaking to the Christians really that are here in America more than most because of the patriotism and and how we've loved our country and I've served my country. So I totally get that. Right. But God is using end times prophecy to and again from the aspect of the relationship between him and the church to prepare us for the life after this. And in order to do that, we've got to loosen our grip on the things 
in our country and in our life that we've held so dear, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's right. There's nothing wrong with that. But as we see the things shift, we can see the signs of the times and that God's readying his church. Yeah. He's readying his kids. Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right, yeah. Greg. I agree. I think in all ways for the church, especially, but God has taken the sparkle. He's taking yes. the sparkle off of this world. I mean, with COVID coming in and the mask and everybody having to lock down and even Disney World wasn't fun because you have to wear masks yeah. and it's hot. And it's like, so everything that the world looks, oh, this is great. You know, so what if you have a nice car and a nice, you know, vehicle or a nice house? You can't do anything, but you can stay in your house, but that gets old no matter how, how nice the house is. Nice vehicle. You can't go anywhere. If you want to go on a vacation, you got to put a mask on or stay locked down or whatever. Yeah. And God was taking, he's basically taking the sparkle off of the world and saying, you need to look toward heaven. This is the eternal sparkle. And it really begins with the church. And you're exactly right. He's taking away everything that's attractive to this world. For example, if you're a believer out there and you've looked to America as your hope, and we have this freedom and we have football and Disney and all these fun things and, and nice homes and nice cars. And goes, whoa, 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 whoa. You're getting a little bit too attached to this world. I don't want you attached to this world. You're a visitor. You've got a passport from heaven that says on it, kingdom of God resident. You're a citizen of the kingdom of God. You're not, a, you're not first a citizen of America. You're first a citizen of the kingdom of God. Secondly, you're a citizen of America. So your allegiance is first and foremost to heaven and to God and the kingdom of God. I've yeah. given you a great place to visit right now, to be a witness, to do <laughs> yes. whatever. But this is not your yeah. home. And now I'm taking away even the stuff you like down here. It's not as fun. The glam, the glit, it's not there. All the pressures, all the tensions, all these things. And now it's time to get the eyes on heaven. This is a healthy thing, guys. Don't yeah. don't fight it. Allow your eyes to turn to heaven. Allow, soak yourself in the yeah. citizenship of heaven and let go of this world. And it's a great place to live, but let go. Let go. And I think in the process, you're going to enjoy what you have even more because your perspective is now shifted yeah. to a more eternal focus. It doesn't mean that you don't care about the things here. You don't take care of the things here. You don't, you know, be about the father's business, do what you need to do. But our business now needs to be more about the eternal things right. and not necessarily preparing for, you know, the the temporal yeah and think about it if we fight so hard greg politically and get what yes. we want and get and do whatever how long does that last and even the people that are in office how satisfied are you with there when your side wins that's your story why won't they do and fill in the blank yeah so you're not going to be satisfied with the leadership that you get in you're not going to be satisfied it doesn't mean we don't make a stand it doesn't mean we don't do what's right it doesn't mean we don't vote i'm i'm not negating any right. of that be a good american citizen yep. however this is not your home believer you're a citizen of the kingdom of God, and you're here temporarily trying to get as many people around you as you can into that kingdom and get them new passports as well that say the kingdom of God. Jesus, our king, is our representative, and we're going to serve him forever. I yeah. can't wait. And vaccine passports will not be accepted. There you go. So There you go. All right, let's get into some pestilence, plagues, disasters, and heavy on the corruption. You had to bring it up. You had I, to just bring everybody up, didn't I you? know, didn't I? No. Anyway, theblaze.com is reporting uh, regarding the VAERS database that myocarditis, I can speak, yes. is already at 47% of the reporting in this database of 2021 yeah. and in just the first two months of 2022. Well, this is scary because what myocarditis, it's a swelling of the heart and it's a serious condition that uh, makes you weak. And uh, shortens lifespan, and for some people, they literally die from it right then. The yeah. scary thing about this, Greg, is that we've seen again forty-seven uh, percent of twenty twenty-one in just two months. It's gone up almost fifty percent in just the first few months here of of this year. That's scary because it's just started again from the from the shots, and we know now that the shots are causing in younger men, especially. It's causing a high rate of myocarditis. Let me read some of this. It says, one of the most criminal aspects of the COVID regime uh, mindset was the decision to pressure low-risk teens into getting a shot that was known to cause cardiac inflammation. Myocarditis used to be a rare disorder discussed mainly in academic literature, but now it is everywhere. What have we done to a generation of young hearts, quite literally? And what is being done to detect, diagnose, and treat that problem? Unless we find an angle that ties it to Ukraine, our politicians, media, and medical establishment don't care. 
We're over a year into the known safety signals of the vaccine for myocarditis, and yet the shots still have not been pulled, even for younger males, when they should have been. In fact, it is still a requirement in many colleges. Yet reports of myocarditis and pericarditis, myocarditis is the swelling of the heart, pericarditis is infection in the heart, which is also coming from these shots, Mm -hmm. are so prevalent now that just in the first eight weeks of 2022, we're already at a 47% total VAERS, which is vaccine-related issues being submitted by doctors, of 2021. There were 24,177 reports of pericarditis and myocarditis submitted to VAERS in 2021, that is by doctors and, and, and health officials, in 2022, just through February 25th. I and mean, we didn't even finish February. There were already 11,289 reports, which is nearly half of the entire year's total last year. Um, in the reporting of myocarditis and pericarditis, it continues, if it continues at this rate, they say, we will see over 73,000 cases this year. And even if more people have become aware of the VAERS reporting system, it's still woefully underreported. Again, Greg, according to a study uh, that was done by either Harvard or Yale, I forget which one, they said that only about 1% of all incidents are reported to VAERS. Yeah, because VAERS is voluntary, so it's not a mandatory database. But yeah. if it's still that rate... Yeah, exactly. Let's say it's even 10%. Scratching the surface. I mean, 73,000, that means 730,000 yeah. that really have it, if if it's 10%. So th- this is this is, is horrible. Uh, these shots should be pulled immediately. It's causing great damage, and we just need to be honest about it and say we need to protect our children. I, I Speaking of children, I saw an article the other day about a 10 or 12-year-old that just... they. Couldn't find him. He was he he didn't come down for breakfast. Dead in his bed. So sad, uh, you know. And, and 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 again, the article has no clue as to what it is. But my first thought, and we don't know. Right. But my first thought was, did they get the shot? Did they? Did he get? Did yeah. you give your kid the vaccine? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's 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 so sad, Greg. Because again, I'm I'm meeting more and more people that have injuries and all these different things. We didn't. I know everybody. Everybody rushed to get them out there because they were concerned about what COVID was going to do and all the deaths. And then again, early on, though, we knew that that ninety nine point something percent of everybody was surviving. It wasn't nearly as bad as what we thought. Yeah. And they should have immediately said, "Wait a minute, we don't need this emergency action. Put everything on hold. Let's wait and test this thing and find out what's going on." And now it, it's it's almost too late. The, uh, the majority of of the population has gotten it, and now we don't know yet what's going to happen. It's it's not good. Uh, prior to the release of the vaccine, all of the reported uh, COVID deaths uh, that had come into the CDC, the CDC could only verify that 6% of all reported deaths were solely attributed yeah. to COVID alone. Yeah. That means that means without any comorbidities yeah. associated with the death, they could only confirm 6%, which is on par with the annual or seasonal flu. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's Anyway, it's it's a mess. It is a it's mess. It's a mess. Uh, Washington Post Pastor Mark, flour rationing in Lebanon, grain hoarding in Hungary, how the Ukraine war is lurching the globe toward a new food crisis, okay. which Jesus said That's these right. things were going to happen. That's right. And we've been yeah. talking, we said it last week, there's two major things we haven't seen happen that much worldwide yet. Famines. Famine and people saying they're the Christ. So yep. now we're seeing the famines <laughs> kick in. We'll be watching for people claiming they're the Christ. Watch, And I know, guys, there have been famines. And I know yes. guys have claimed Christ. But I'm talking about a large worldwide scale yep. the last days. Here it goes. Russia's invasion of one of the world's largest uh, leading breadbaskets, Ukraine, is deepening the worst surge in global food prices since the Great Recession, raising the specter that Moscow's war could spark crisis level hikes, inflame the scourge of world hunger, and spark political turmoil far from the conflict zone. Since the Russian assault began, countries from Hungary and Indonesia have moved to bar the door to exports, uh, corralling grains and cooking oils to feed their own and risking a round of trade protectionism that could deepen global supply and price woes. Here's the bottom line. The places where we get a lot of this food for the world, they're starting to shut their doors and say, whoa, 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 we better hang on to what we have so that we don't starve. You know, we, you know, it's nice to help the neighbors and make money selling this, but we better make sure we don't die. Well, then now that's going to cause a worldwide grainage shortage, yeah. oil shortage, everything else. And now you're going to see again, Greg, famines are going to begin now. This is the very front end of it. Yeah. But you watch. We're going to see famines on a large scale worldwide and this is the very beginning of these last days contractions and rumbling of the famines jesus talked about in matthew 24 well one of the prophetic events that jesus talked about is feeling a little bit lonely so he decided to come back on the world stage and that's earthquakes uh, <laughs> this is from fox news 
uh, Japan's 7.3 magnitude earthquake. Uh, this happened off of uh, the northeast part of Japan, I think near Fukushima. Yeah. Uh, it had triggered a tsunami warning and it had been retracted, but yet it left millions without power and deaths and so. Yeah, and I go. think it's just a snapshot of what's going to be happening worldwide. No pun intended. Some two million residents are without follow, uh, power following the earthquake. An earthquake off the coast of Japan has triggered a, t- a tsunami alert near the Fukushima uh, prefecture. Uh, the site of the 2011 nuclear disaster following a similar trigger event. We all remember that and all the nerves that went there. A 7.3 magnitude earthquake struck at 11.36 p.m. local time around 35 miles off the coast of Japan, setting off a series of safety precautions that included cutting the power to the region to avoid a similar disaster that followed the 9 magnitude quake in 2011. You remember that huge wall? That was one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen in my life. So this region is very volatile for this. Here it goes again. Again, in the last days, Earthquakes will increase, but of greater magnitude. Uh, you're going to see, again, the famine thing like we talked about. Now, again, we see all this happening. And the next thing I think, Greg, we need to be watching for, no kidding, there's going to be somebody come up on the scene here before too long that's going to be claiming they're the Savior of the world. They're the Messiah. Now, again, it's not going to be the Antichrist. So those of you out there that see this guy pop up, don't be thinking, there he is. That's the Antichrist. He's claiming he's the Messiah. No. Jesus himself warned us. Yeah, yeah. The, the Antichrist is going to just come up on the scene not claiming anything. He's just going to take yeah. over power, and he's going to appear to be this guy with all this charisma and all the answers. Then, three and a half years in, he will claim that he's the Messiah, so to speak, that he's God in human form, and everybody's got to bow down to him. But you're going to see these kind of things happen. So get ready when you see these Messiah guys pop up and these things. It's not going to be the Antichrist. And so don't be deceived by that. But isn't it amazing? I mean, the days we live in, Greg, we're watching all these things just unfold. Uh, you know, and I think of anybody listening right now, if you don't know the Lord and you're seeing all these things we're talking about and these articles that we're reading, I mean, how can you deny what's going on? I think this is a time for the church to wake up. Uh, we need to be awake prophetically. We need to be awake spiritually. And it's a time for those of you out there that are listening right now that maybe you've backslidden. It's time to wake up and come back to the Lord and get your heart where it needs to be. And secondly, if you don't know the Lord, it's time for you to make a commitment. I mean, when this when the rapture takes place, which is the removal of the church from the earth, you're going to be stuck here for seven more years of what the Bible says is the worst time in world history. Now, think back in world history for a moment. Yeah, This is the worst. I don't want to be here. And I'm glad I won't be here. And the Lord promises that we can escape it if we simply will turn to Jesus Christ. And and again, you know, that's what we're that's why we present the Lord. And I present to you even now the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. And I want to take a, a quick moment too to remind everybody, Greg, as we've done the last few shows, uh, we're having a major celebration as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, this Easter, April seventeenth, yeah. at ten thirty, at the uh, Civic Auditorium uh, downtown near the police station. People know where the old auditorium is, not the new Civic Center, yeah. but the old auditorium. And uh, we're going to be there from ten thirty to twelve, giving hope. We're going to be talking about the times we're living in, the fact that people have lost hope with COVID, with the mask, with the the, the situation of the world, wars and rumors of world wars, and all these things we're talking about. But how we as believers can rejoice because of what Jesus has done. He told us this was going to happen. He told us he would rescue us out of it. And if you've lost hope, we want to invite you to come and be with us and renew that hope. That not just in Jesus Christ, which is the main hope you have, but in hope in your future forever because you'll be with Jesus Christ. And so, again, it's going to be a great time of celebration. Uh, We're going to have special guest Terry Clark, not the country musician. I keep saying that, but (laughs) Terry Clark from Maranatha Days and and some of the Calvary Days and all that. Again, Promise Keepers, worship leader for many years. It's going to be a great time of worship, a great time of celebration. And uh, we just make sure we want you to know you're officially invited. And if you have family and friends that have nowhere to go on that day, on Easter Day, or maybe you know people that are unsaved and they'll go to church on that day once a year maybe whatever maybe they don't want to go to a church but they'll go to the civic auditorium parking is free everything is free the gospel's free your salvation is free through jesus christ because he paid for it on the cross and so we just invite you to be there yeah you know uh, and past mark to your point you know there is a lot of hopelessness in the world yes there is and uh and all the more reason that we need to to look to the only one who can offer us an eternal hope beyond this world because again the world is rotting it's it's getting worse, and yes, I, you know I I think we we hit a you know when t- when nine eleven happened that was a major shake, mm-hmm. but it was just a shake for us. Yeah, but COVID is a global thing. It is now we're we've upped the ante. We've upped the ante, and it's now triggered a domino effect of other things. Yeah, it, you know, and so many prophetic events happening. So yeah. 
now is not the time to be sleeping. Now yeah. is not the time to be the church of Laodicea yeah. or the church of Sardis. That's right. And, but and the church of Philadelphia. There you go. And that is be watching for the Lord. Jesus said this, when you see these things of the last days begin to happen, look up for your yeah. redemption draws nigh. He's coming to get his church. Guys, be part of it. We want you to go with yeah. us. Don't be here and figure it out too late. Make a decision for Christ today. He's waiting to hear you pray right now. Yeah. Amen. Pastor Mark, thank you, folks. Thanks for listening or watching our program. We invite you to go to thewaymedia.net. You can also download our app from there. Uh, Not only can you get everything related to our program, Signs of the Times, but Pastor Mark's uh, line-by-line teachings through his radio program, Come to the Table, the Calvary uh, Knoxville archives of all the teachings from the pulpit at Calvary Knoxville, as well as our radio station that runs 24 hours a day around the world at WIAM. And we'll be back next Friday with more Signs of the Times. and bravery. WIAM 101.1 FM, The Way. Here we go again, my mind racing, and I can't seem to win all these crazy thoughts and feelings. It's like it never ends until your voice breaks through my noise. I know I'm not alone, not alone. You fight my battles. If I When you're here, I'll just be quiet And let you speak through the silence Here I am, no more hiding